circumstances. And I, I, the question I ask you today, is it well with your soul? Can you say that for yourself? If not, I'm going to ask you to just run to Jesus, run to the cross through him and him alone. Can, can, can you find the assurance to be able to say that? I do want to mention to you, as I felt earlier with all the stuff I was talking about, that something very major is happening tonight, and we encourage you to come back and to be a part of it. Tonight, we, we had the joy of ordaining two of our fine brothers, of our fine ministers of our church to, to serve in the, in the position of deacons. Um, these are men that you nominated, and, and, um, and um, they've, they've went through deacon apprentices program. And, and I'm just excited about as we're going to be presenting uh, Brother Michael Walker and Brother Bobby Lang to you tonight to, to ordain them for the church to say these are the men that we feel that, 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 that we want to, to serve us in the area of deacons. I'm going to be preaching in that specific area what it is to be a deacon, what it is to be a servant of Christ. And then we're going to have, a, have an opportunity to, uh, as, as our ordained men will lay hands upon them, which we're confirming the blessings of the church. Right afterwards, we're going to have some time of fellowship, some, some cake and coffee. And we encourage you to come out and, and encourage you to support these men and their ministries. I, I'm telling you, folks, Rayford Road Church is blessed with some wonderful, wonderful deacons. I'm telling you, um, they are truly servants' hearts. And I thank God for the, 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 the men of our church that serve in this position and this capacity for these two men. They were already serving in, in, in that manner. Now the church is confirming that. And we encourage you to come out and to be a part of that. As we'll be, it's going to be a special night for, for them as well as for our church. If you have your Bibles, take and if you would, turn to Ephesians, the, uh, the fourth chapter. We're going to be looking at, at our, 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 our point of start today, Ephesians, the fourth chapter, verses 31 and 32. Over the last several weeks, we've been studying through a series that, that is called The Road to Recovery. This is based on the Celebrate Recovery material. And, um, and I, I've just been walking through this. And I, I admit that, wow, I've had so much response of people coming to me and talking to me about, about these particular messages. And I encourage you, I encourage you the, to get yourself involved in this ministry of Celebrate Recovery in some manner. Because the basis of Celebrate Recovery is simply this. We all have hurts. We all have hang-ups. We all have habits. We all have, we're, we're all messed up. We all have needs within our life. And God does not want to keep us there. He wants to, to help us to recover from that and, and, and become, become conformed to the image of Christ. And, and, and we are excited about what God is doing through this ministry. The ministry itself meets on, on Tuesday evenings at 6.30. And, and come and be a part of that. If you just want to check things out, come and check things out. But I'm telling you, either yourself or someone you know needs to walk through this particular ministry. Another thing that we may do, be doing very, very well, much of the material, matter of fact, um, that I, I've been preaching uh, comes from a book that's called Life Healing's Choices. And we want our people to be familiar with this because this is going to touch your life as well as people around you. Um, Brother Mike and, and uh, Sue Combs and offered that, that, they, that, that they may, if, it would, if you would like to walk through the Life Healing Church Choices book, that they may begin to offer that in a Sunday school hour so you can kind of come and see what that's all about. Or just pick the book up yourself and begin to read it. Because the more you understand about the ministry, the more that you, first of all, are going to re realize, this is about me. This is not about, I am one of those people. See, you can fool other people, but you can't fool yourself. 
And, or, or, you know, that you may know that not only can this minister to me, that there's someone very close to me this can minister to. Folks, this is a ministry um, type of opportunity that, that, that can really change people's lives. But over the last few weeks, we've been studying, we've been working through the different steps of this particular ministry. And it, it begins by like this. It, it just takes recovery, makes it an acronym, and it says the first thing is I have to realize that I'm not God. That I have to admit that I'm not able to be, I'm not able within myself to overcome the sinful tendencies in my life. And because of that, my life is unmanageable. And then realizing, you know, I'm tired of, of wanting to do the right thing, but I just can't do it. Paul is very explicit about that. And then I have to also believe that I have to earnestly believe that God exists. And not only that he exists, but, but I matter to God. God is concerned about me, and he, he, I don't have the power, but he has the power to help me overcome. And then I have to consciously commit all of my life and all of my will to him and say, God, if, if I can't handle my problems, but you can, I've got to commit to you and say, God, you just take control of my life, and you do what you want to in my life. Folks, that's tough to do when we've controlled our own lives. But these are things you have to do. And then what you, you have to do, which is awfully tough, is you have to openly confess my faults, first of all, to myself. I have to admit to myself, God, I've got some real problems in my life. I've got to openly confess my faults not only to myself but to God and to someone else I trust. Because when we are, we are sharing with someone else, the Bible says that you may be healed. And then we have to voluntarily submit to every change that God wants to make in our life. Folks, God does not want to keep you where you are. That's the good news to me. You don't have to stay where you are. If you're living your life and you're struggling with, a, with an addiction, you're struggling with some area of, of sin within your life, and it just repeats over and over and over, and you say, I wish I could get out of here, you can. But you need God. You, you don't have to stay where you are. God wants to change your life. God's changed my life, and I can just show you so many people that, that, that they, were in a, they were in a trap that they thought, I'll never get out of here until God stepped in and God began to change their lives. And I believe there's people today that, that you're crying out within your heart, God, I'm so sick and tired of being sick and tired. You don't have to live there anymore. Today, we're going we're gonna to look at another subject matter that, wow, I'll be honest with you, this is tough stuff. But if you are ready to break out of where you are, there's something you're going to have to do. And, and let's all stand together as we, we read this particular passage, Ephesians, the fourth chapter. And let me, before I read this, I want to give you this next step, and then, then I'll get into it. See, step number six is, is, is part of the E, and I have to evaluate all my relationships. And I have to offer forgiveness to those who've hurt me and make amends for the harm that I've done to others, except when doing so would harm them or others. Repairing relationships. Let's look at Ephesians, the fourth chapter, verse 31 and 32. Paul was saying to the, people, the church of Ephesus, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Let me just read that again. Folks, this, this is a command. This is an instruction. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger 
and, and clamor, which is just, just biting on people and evil speaking, be put away with you from you with all malice. That's just because I'm angry at someone, I wish them harm. But then he says, this is what you need to do. So you need to, we talked about this. So he said, you need to take off these clothes. This is what you need to put on. He says, and be ye kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Man, I love this next. Even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Why did God forgive us? It's for Christ's sake, for what Christ has done for us. And be ye kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Now, Father, I pray that you'd take these words, that God, that you would bless them. And God, I pray that they'd be applied to our hearts. And God, I pray for change today. God, you are the, great, the one that can transform. You are the one that can change. And God, I just pray that in this matter today that we're speaking of, of repairing relationships, that God, that we'd take that to heart. And God, I pray that mighty work could be done within hearts, even this morning, and, and not only within hearts, but in relationships. So bless this time, Father, in Christ's name. Amen. I love a, a, a Mark Twain saying. He, he just always amuses me. And Mark Twain said this years ago. He says, if a cat sits on a hot stove, that cat won't sit on a hot stove again. That cat won't sit on a cold stove either. That cat just don't like stoves. You know, when I think about that, I think about that's really uh, pertains to a lot of people. That most of us within our lives have been hurt badly by someone else, or maybe we've hurt someone else which caused a lot of pain. And because of the great pain that, that we felt in, in relationships, to make sure that we don't feel the pain anymore, we just hold people off. We just don't get close anymore. Because I don't want to feel the pain anymore. Folks, that's not the way God has designed for you and me. When God designed you and me, he created us in his own image, and what he created us for was relationship. He created us not only to be in relationship with himself, but he's created us to be in relationship with one another. As a matter of fact, that's where the great joy that we have. Our joy does not come from things and stuff. When you think about it, the greatest joy that, that comes in your life is, is, is the relationships that have built you up. As well, the, the greatest heartache that will come in your life is broken relationships. You know, nothing can break your heart like a broken relationship. And what happens so very often because those relationships break down, we live our lives kind of holding people off. That's why we put on these faces. That's why we pretend to be something that we're not. Because we don't want people to get too close to us anymore. Because I don't want to sit on that hot stove anymore. I don't want to feel the pain. And so we go through life, timid because of broken relationships. Folks, you cannot continue to heal within your life. As a matter of fact, healing cannot even begin in your life 
until you come to this stage where you are willing to allow God to work through you to mend those relationships within your life. And it's hard. Because we're like that can't. We want to keep things at bay because I don't want to feel the pain anymore. So let's just take this and let's begin to break it down as again, the, the, the step number six, if you're going to be on that road to recovery, let me just read that to you again. That if you're truly going to allow God to do a work within your life, there's some things that he expects of you. And first thing that you need to do is you need to evaluate all of your relationships. And that you need to offer forgiveness to those who've hurt me and make amends for those for the harm that I've done to others, except when doing so with harm them or, or someone else. So there's two parts of this in, in, in repairing relationships. Is first of all, I have to offer forgiveness to others. And second of all, I have to make amends for the harm that I've done to others. Man, isn't it just easier just to, to leave it alone, to just walk away? Yeah, that's easier, but I can tell you, you're never going to get from where you need to get to where you need to be. And so let's talk about that in just a moment. Folks, this is not easy stuff. But this is where it really begins to get nitty-gritty, where you can do a lot of talk. This is where you've got to start doing some stuff. This is where God is challenging you to get back and restore that which is broken. And what's so hard about is with other people. And that's why it's so tough. Because nothing hurts worse than a broken heart, and nothing breaks a heart greater than a broken relationship. You know, the first thing he says that we need to do or we see that is that I need to forgive those who've hurt me. Let me just ask you a question. Have you ever been hurt by someone else? Has your heart ever been broken because of the actions of someone else? See, the second question that I have to ask you, what have you done about it? Are you still carrying that hurt? Are you still carrying that pain? Are you are like the cat? You, you just you just you don't you don't even get around it because you don't want to deal with it anymore. But I can tell you, dear friend, the pain just does not go away. You may think that, that time will heal that pain. Time won't heal that pain. It'll only get deeper and more inward within your life. But did you know the Word of God teaches us that we must forgive those who hurt us? Why do we do that? Why is this so important that this is a part of recovering? This is a part of getting to be where God wants us to be. We live in a broken world, and because we live in a broken world, people do broken things, and we hurt one another. But God has commanded us as if we're going to live for him, if we're going to live within that abundance, that we have to forgive those who have, have, who have hurt us. And the reason that we do that, why do we do it? Because first of all, God's forgiven me. And I shouldn't have to go any further. You know, even as, as Paul writes in, in verse 32 when he says, And be ye kind to one another and tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven me. 
that God forgave me of all of my troubles, all the time I broke God's heart. Have I broke God's heart? You bet I have. Have you broke God's heart? You bet you have. Every lie that I've spoken, every evil thought, every anger that I've had within my heart toward one of God's children, every time I acted in rebellion against God and I broke one of His commandments, there was a Father in heaven who loves me that, that broke His heart. Does, does your children, has your children broken your heart in their disobedience? Yes, they have. And folks, that can just be multiplied a thousand infinite times over by how we break God's heart every time we sin against Him in rebellion. But guess what? God's forgiven you and me. Isn't that good? I, I love how what Paul writes. You may want to just flip over to Colossians, the, the, the third chapter, verse 13. And, and Paul writes it this way. The, Colossians, the third chapter, verse 13, where, where he says these words. For bearing one another... You know, just, just carrying somebody else and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any others, and, and that means complain. If you've got something else against somebody where you'd like to bring a complaint, even as Christ forgave you, also do ye. I wonder if God has a complaint against me. God could fill up a trunk from the very complaints that he would have against me against this week, even this week. I'll be frank with you. I've had a bad week. Bad week. I've let my thoughts go places they shouldn't go. I've gotten my behind on my shoulders and allowed myself to get frustrated, which I didn't have any business doing that. But praise God, He still forgives me. See, God has, he, he would have had all the reason in the world to have so many complaints against me this week. Because of the sake of Jesus Christ who took my sins and He pinned them to the cross, the Bible. Every stupid thing I've done this week, every bad thought that I've had this week, every time I, I showed my tail this week, Jesus Christ took my sin and He put it on the cross. And so he's saying because God has forgiven me for the complaints he has against me in Jesus Christ, I should do that to somebody else. How can I accept God's forgiveness when I'm not willing to give someone else the same thing that God has given me? Has I, have I ever broken the heart of God? You bet I have. Has somewhat ever broken your heart? Probably so. But even as God has forgiven me, so I should forgive that person. So why am I to forgive others? Is because, first of all, God's forgiven me. How can I accept that grace when I'm not willing to give the same grace? The second of all is why it's because resentment just doesn't work. That unforgiveness turns to, to, to anger, and that anger turns to bitterness. That bitterness returns to resentment, and resentment just doesn't work. As a matter of fact, when you begin to think about when I hold, hold resentment in my heart to someone else that hurts me, that, that, that first of all, it's just flat out illogical, it's counterproductive, it just doesn't work. 
Let me just ask you, how, how productive is resentment? Because someone has hurt me and I'm angry to that person I hold resentment, is that going to change anything? It doesn't change a thing. The only thing it changes is me. And what it changes in me, it makes me worse and worse and worse and worse. It doesn't change the situation. It doesn't change the matter one single bit. And so when I'm sitting there holding resentment in my heart to someone that's hurt me, I'm not changing anything but, but, but myself and the environment around me because I am poisoning the environment around me. Because I've allowed bitterness to get into my soul and because it begins to turn me negative, then everything around me begins to turn negative. And so not only does it not change anything, it begins to be counterproductive because the only harm that it's causing, it's not harming the person that hurt me. As a matter of fact, the person that hurt me doesn't give a rip about me in many cases. And maybe they don't even know that they hurt me. Maybe they don't even realize what they've done in my life. And so my resentment is not hurting them. The only person my resentment is hurting is me. It's it's almost like fixing a, a cup of poison to give someone else, but then drinking it yourself. You think you're doing them harm, but all you're doing is destroying yourself. Folks, let me just explain to you. I think this is the greatest sin that's hidden within the local church today. Now, I believe there are so many broken relationships between the lives of, 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 of brothers and sisters in Christ and for whatever it may be. But see, we hide that sin. But that is the sin that's destroying more people than any other sin. It's destroying marriages. It's destroying relationships with children. It's destroying relationships with people around you because we're holding resentment within our heart that's never been dealt with. And that resentment is counterproductive. It's not changing anything other than me and making my life more miserable. And you know what's so crazy about re- resentment? The reason that we have unforgiveness is because when, I, when, when someone's hurt me and I refuse to forgive that person, it's almost in my mind I believe I'm controlling that person because I won't forgive them. No, that person's controlling you. The person that's hurt you, the person that's caused you so much pain, as long as you hold on to the unforgiveness and allow resentment to reside within your heart, you're being controlled by the person that hurts you. How crazy is that? But you know what? We hold that in. We walk around like we're, we're mad at the world. We, we, we keep people at bay. But we never do anything about it. And then we wonder why my life is so sour. Because resentment is eaten away like a cancer within my soul. You'll never truly be able to sing it as well with my soul when you're allowing resentment of a broken relationship to continue to gnaw at your soul. Another reason that this is so important, not only has God forgiven me and not only does resentment, it just doesn't work, (laughs) but also I I just may need some forgiveness in the future. Listen to what Jesus Christ said, and this is not Johnny speak, this is is Jesus speak. 
And, you know, theologically, I don't understand this. I, I, let me just stop and stay right now because you may want to get in a theological debate where you say, well, you've heard preached pastor before, well, the blood of Christ cleanses us from all our sins. I agree with that. Past, present, future, I understand that. But there's something that's said here that I don't understand how all this works out. But it is what it is, but it's in the Word because Jesus said, you remember when Jesus taught us to pray, he said, pray like this, and, 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 and he said, you know, forgive me of my debts even as I forgive those are indebted to me. I mean, Jesus says, Lord, help me. You forgive my debts just like I help forgive the debts of others. But then it's funny, at the end of the Lord's Prayer, he comes back and he, he, he puts an addendum on that. Of all the things he said in the Lord's Prayer, this is the only, that's the only line that he puts an addendum to. And then he says, at the end of the Lord's Prayer, in Matthew the 6th chapter, verse 14 to 15, he says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Again, how does that work in this whole process of forgiveness? That's, that's God's business, folks. I don't know. But, but Jesus very, very clearly says, if you forgive that person that's hurt you of their trespasses, then your Father in heaven will forgive you of your trespasses. But if you don't forgive that person who's hurt you of their trespasses, then God won't forgive you of yours. I think that's a pretty major point of, of, of why I should forgive others because my very, the very forgiveness of God toward me is based upon that. Do you remember the, the beatitude that says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be what? Shown mercy. That if I have mercy to some, well, someone else, then God will have mercy to me. The counter of that, if you don't have mercy on someone else, then why should God have mercy on you? Jesus also said in, in Matthew or, or Mark, the 11th chapter, verse 25 and 26, and whenever you stand praying, you know, folks, God doesn't need your prayers. Not when you have something in your heart that's not right. He says, when you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. So what, what Jesus is saying is you come to the altar and, oh, God, help me and all this, but, but if, if you have something in, in your heart towards somebody, you need to forgive that person. Otherwise, God won't forgive you. Folks, this is some pretty major stuff, but, but yet we live our lives with so much resentment packed away in our lives. But how can I deal with this? How can I work with this? What can I begin to do about that? The first thing you need to do is you need to admit it to yourself. You need to begin to make a list of, of people that's hurt you. And see, what's the problem is that so many of us have packed some of these things away. I think there's some of us that are dealing with some resentment and some anger of things in the past that we've just kind of tucked away and, and our hearts just kind of calloused over and we just haven't dealt with it, but yet it's still there. And that, that's where we need to get along by ourselves, and we need to be honest with ourselves and be honest with God. And even if you take a tablet and begin to write, God, this is some people that, that's hurt me in the past. You know, you may be like me, you may have a sister that showed you underwear to a friend, you know. And <clears throat> you know, we can laugh at that, but folks, people hold on to all kinds of stuff. You know, and, you, and, and you may laugh it away, but if it's still digging at you, it still digs at you. You may have had a daddy that walked out on you. And you never even talk about him. You just, you just, you just, 
you just allow that level of resentment to lay in your heart and you've never really dealt with it. You may have had a mama that she showed more favoritism to your sister than the other one. And you just never dealt with it. See, these things can go way back. You may have had someone who done something to you very, very wrong. And again, in the way that you just dealt with it, you've kind of calloused it over. But you, you've, and so you, you've lived, you existed, but it's still gnawing at you. You may have had a business partner to cheat you. Or maybe somebody that you love just said something one time that just, just, just dug into your heart or they embarrassed you in front of somebody. See, folks, until you deal with that stuff, it doesn't go away. It just stays in our heart, covered up, and we live really a callous life, and we're kind of like that, that cat. We just don't get around stoves anymore. And you need to begin to start peeling it back, and you need to start being honest with yourself. And you need to begin forgiving those people that's hurt you. Because first of all, your resentment is only destroying you, and second of all, because that person deserves your forgiveness because Christ forgave you. This is not easy stuff. But folks, this is life-changing stuff. Remember, God created us for relationships. And as long as our relationships are are going arrive, then, then folks will never be the person that God has for us because we get joy. We get joy in relationships. And remember about Jesus says when he says, when you do it to the least of these, you do it unto me. The way that we glorify God is through relationships with other people. And, and if we're having a hard time in our relationships with other people, we can't glorify God. And if we're angry with people, then as a matter of fact, we're not, we're not glorifying God. We're really harming the cause of Christ. Because we're not allowing God's forgiveness to reflect to us onto someone else. So I need to begin to make a list. And I need to, be, I need to get along and say, God, why am I hurting so bad? And, and, and just get honest. Hey, let me just explain. It's going to hurt when you begin to uncover some of this stuff. Because it's going to bring up some old injury. It's going to bring up some old pain. But folks, you can't ever, you've got to lance it. You've got to deal with it. But also, I need to release or I need to forgive. My, how do I release someone else? I forgive them. I forgive that person. And, 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 and you need to do it. You, 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 you need to do it if you can face to face. Even as I was driving to church this morning, God brought to my mind that somebody I've got to contact and say, listen, I forgive you. You know, I, I need to get that out of my heart. I mean, you want to wring their neck sometimes, but you've got to forgive them. Because that's what Christ has done for us. Now, you have to do that in an appropriate way. You have to do that in a way that, that you don't even cause deeper harm. But, but you, and how often do I do that? How often? You know what Jesus says? 
as many times as they've hurt you, you just keep on forgiving them. As a matter of fact, Jesus, someone asked Jesus one time, how many times should I forgive my brother when he sins against me? And Jesus answered, not seven times, but 70 times seven. And what he's saying, as many times as it takes. Now you may think, well, you know, I can deal with one or two, but man, he's just crossed the line. He doesn't deserve my forgiveness. Guess what? I don't deserve God's forgiveness either. What God has called, I'm to forgive that person as God has forgiven me. And so therefore, if, if I've sinned against God seven times 70, then I need to forgive others 70 times seven. Man. Why? Because folks, in all reality, what this doesn't, it, it's not that I'm so much releasing that other person, I'm releasing myself. I'm the one that's held in bondage. But also, I'm saying to that person, I love you in the name of Jesus Christ. And, 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 and so therefore, just as Christ released me from the penalty of my sin, I, I'm releasing you. Can you imagine the healing that goes on within that? That someone, because they know that they've hurt you, and so therefore, they don't even, they don't even feel comfortable about being around you because they, they're, they're, they're living in guilt. And maybe there's some people that, that are living in guilt of, that's hurt us, and we've let them live in that guilt. We thought, well, I hope that guilt just, 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 just gnaws at them. No, instead, I need to show them mercy. And I, I, need, to say, you know, I need to go to that person that hurt me and say, listen, I forgive you in the name of Jesus Christ. And if that person does it again, I'd go back again. You see, that's when I'm most like Jesus. Because he's forgiven me, I forgive that person. And then I replace that hurt, that pain, that bitterness that's in my heart with the peace of God. Paul says in Colossians, let the peace of God rule within your heart. You know how I get the peace of God? It's because when I place the hurt that someone else has brought in my life, when I place it in God, I believe that, God, you're the righteous judge. And, and, and God, you're the one that says vengeance is mine. See, the reason that I don't forgive someone because I'm trying to hold vengeance on that person, but I'm saying, God, you say vengeance is mine. And so, God, I'm going to trust you to deal with that person. You, you deal with that person because ultimately, folks, when a person sins against us, ultimately they're sinning against God. And we release that person and say, God, this person's hurt me, but I'm going to trust you that you are going to deal with that person. And so therefore, God, I'm just going to be in peace that you're going to do the right thing. And folks, that's where I replace my hurt with the peace of God because my trust is in God, not in what a person's done to me. You see, I believe here this morning, I believe standing under my voice, and I, I believe probably sitting on about every row, there's, there's some people in your life that you need to forgive. There's, people, there, there's, there's almost all of us, there's, there's people that have hurt us in the past, and we just held on to it and allowed our heart to callous, and, 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 and that's just clinging to us, and we need, to, we, we need to, to offer some forgiveness in the name of Jesus Christ. And boy, what that's going to do is start releasing some people this morning. But you know, that's only part of the story. You see, the second part is when I'm, building, when I'm 
restoring relationships. Not only do I need to offer forgiveness to those who've harmed me, I need to make amends for the harm that I've done to other people. You see, it's really a two-way street. Not only have people hurt me, but I've hurt some other people too. And folks, you need to deal with that. Jesus says, you know, if anyone comes to, to bring their offering, if, if any man has an audit against you, you need, to, you, need to lay your, you need to lay your gift on the altar. What Jesus says, I don't even want your gift. But I need to go to that person and make amends to them. See, that's the greatest sacrifice that we can give to God is the sacrifice of restoring relationships. He doesn't, want, he doesn't want our gift. He doesn't need our tithe. He doesn't need our, 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 our angel tree. You know, all this stuff that so many times we, we, we think we're pacifying God. God doesn't want that stuff. And I'm not saying that stuff's not right. God wants it when it's done with a pure heart. But if your heart, if there's someone that has ought against you, God says lay, it at, lay your sacrifice at the altar and you go to that person and you make things right. Don't wait on that person to come to you. You go to that person. Golly, that's hard. But if not, what you're going to do is you're going to allow bitterness to, to live in your heart as you're going to allow bitterness to be in that person. Because listen to what, listen to what he says when he says, when, when he says in that particular verse we, we, we started out with where he, where he said, I'm sorry. In Ephesians, the fourth chapter, he says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. He says, you got to get rid of this stuff. Listen, listen to what he, and this is an important, in, in Hebrews, the twelfth chapter, you may want to turn to that. That's, that's to the right. And, and, and in Hebrews, the twelfth chapter, and this is where the writer is talking to them about what to do that, that Christ is, is above all things. But in Hebrews, the twelfth chapter, verse 14 and 15, the writer says these words. He says, follow or pursue peace with all men. That word follow is, in other words, is pursue. So pursue peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see God. And then he says, looking diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. He says, you need to pursue peace with all men. That's what God would have you to do. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. That God has called you and me to go and make peace. He says, pursue peace with all men and holiness. But then he says, you've got to be careful lest bitterness will take hold in your heart. And it will not only harm you, it's going to harm other people. And so why, why are we to make amends to others? It's first of all, because God has commended me to be a peacemaker. And if I have hurt someone else, then I'm the one that goes to that person. I don't wait for that person to come to me. I go to that person and say, hey, I need to make things right with you because that is following peace. Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace. He came to bring peace upon this earth, and, and what He wants us to have is peace with one another. If I don't have peace with someone else, I need to be the one that goes. Maybe that person's harmed me. Well, it doesn't matter. I'll be the peacemaker. But I need to go if I know that I have harmed someone else 
so that I can pursue peace and also that I can avoid bitterness not only within my heart, but help that other person avoid bitterness within their heart. Someone has to go. And he's called me to be the one to go and make peace. Wow. I'm just not getting a lot of amens here this morning, Eddie, huh? I mean, are, are you tracking with me? Because God wants us to be in relationship. And I've got to first forgive others, but then I've got to go to others, and I've got to ask for forgiveness for them. <laughs> you may think, I had never hurt anybody. Yeah, I got some... I got some national championship tickets. I want to sell some of you Gators, too. <laughs> I had to get out in there. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I am sorry. Forgive me. Forgive me. <laughs> Forgive me, John. You see how you can say some stupid things? I'll wear that. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. I've got to make amends, that's right. (laughs) Folks, we've all done some stupid things. Maybe we borrowed from somebody something we've never even taken back. You went to somebody that and took a loan from them that, you know, that they were trying to help us out, but I never paid them back. And then I just kind of forget about it, conveniently forget about it. Maybe I've said something stupid to somebody. I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. But folks, we've all hurt other people. And we need to sit down and we need to make a list and begin to think about God. Who's the people I've offended? Who's the people that I try to avoid because I, I don't want to see them? Who's the people I'm afraid that, you know, when I get a phone call that I'll be their voice because I don't want to deal with them? See, that's not how God has us to live. I need to begin to make a list of the people that I know that's harmed me. And I need to go to that person. And how do I do that? I I think about how I'd like for them to make amends to me. Where Christ says, do as to others as you'd have them to do unto you. You know, first of all, you, there needs to be a right time. You need to pray about it. And, and I, I, I so hold it. You, you need to pray about God. I, I, I need to address this situation. And God, I, I, need you to, I need you to prepare the hearts. I need you to prepare my heart, and I need you to prepare that person's heart. So there's always a right pl- time, and, and you have to go in the right attitude. That, you know, if, if we need to speak truth and love and, and you, you don't need to, to go with a, well, I felt like I had to come to you because that's what God told me to do. No, you need to go with a heart, you know, an attitude of brokenness, uh, an attitude of, of, of just restoring. There, you, so you, you have to pray and, and allow God to get you in the right attitude where, where you can go in the spirit of peace. And then you have to ask yourself, is that appropriate? 
The reason I say that, that there's some situations because of the situation, and this is, this is, this is, I think this is just wisdom. We better be careful about how we handled it. If there's an old relationship that we were involved in, they went on in their relationships, we've got to be careful about it. We, we, we can't step back into that relationship because we'll hurt that person, we'll hurt the people around you. Or if your parent has hurt you really bad and your parents age aged now, don't go blow them up. Just deal with that yourself. You know, some people say, you know, just <laughs> take a chair there and pretend that person's there and say, hey, either maybe they've hurt us, hey, I forgive you. Or, or you know, you, but, but, but what you're trying to do is deal with this in your own life. Now, if it's appropriate to go, go, but if it's, if it's, if it's not because of situations, you know, things can get so messy, we can make a bigger mess out of it. But we need to still deal with it. And take it before the Lord. And, and um, because God does not want that hanging on, on you. And so, again, pray about the right time. Pray about that you're in the right attitude. Pray about the appropriateness. Uh, and surely, if, if you owe someone something, take it back to them. You remember Zacchaeus? You know, Zacchaeus, the wee little man? He was a tax collector, and he had taken advantage of, of the Jews. They hated him, but, but when Christ came to his house, that, that he says, you know what? Christ, I'm not only going to give back to people, I'm going to give them back fourfold. He, Zacchaeus was, you could tell there was a change in Zacchaeus' life because not only was he wanting to make retribution, he was wanting to go in, over and above it, and so you could see that Christ had really changed his heart and life. And then what we do is, is then we begin to allow our life to be refocused. God does not want us to focus on that herd anymore. Boy, where Paul writes in Ephesians, the fourth chapter that we've read, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away with you with all malice. He says, I don't want that to be a part of your life anymore. I don't want to be a part of that, your focus. Instead of the, the anger and the bitterness and the wrath and the evil speaking, what I want you to focus on now and be kind to one another and tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as Christ has forgiven you. And I want to close with this. Yesterday, I told one side, I said, I'm going to go outside and just, just do a little work outside. And along our house, along our, our, our yard, there's some overgrowth. And, and I'm not tended to it very much lately. So I got in there. There's some limbs I was wanting to cut down and some vines. And I was just going to run out there for a little bit because we were going to come back and go get something to eat. And, man, the more I got into it, it's, it's kind of like the little story, you know, you give a pig a pancake, you know, that one thing goes to another to another. And I realized how much it had gotten overgrown. And, and then I, what I realized is about three feet in, there were some azaleas that Wanda Sue and me planted years ago when we first moved there. That's 14 years ago. And we love azaleas. But these azaleas that we had planted four years ago had just completely been overgrown by limbs and undergrowth and vines. And, and I was intent on, 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 on kind of reclaiming my azaleas because I know they hadn't bloomed in years because they've just, they were all straggly, and I was just trying. And so, boy, I worked, and I worked, and I worked so I could get the azaleas back. And then I realized, because I, I had this sermon on my mind, isn't that what anger and bitterness does to us? Is that it so begins to take over our life 
And, you know, it happens a little bit at a time. I didn't even realize this had happened. I didn't, I'd forgotten about those azaleas. They had just, over the years, had just gotten overgrown. But, but, folks, that's what happens with bitterness and anger and unforgiveness. It begins to overtake our lives, and pretty soon we don't bloom anymore. As a matter of fact, we, don't, we even forget that it can, it can bloom. Because we've allowed all this stuff to just grow up in our life and, and we deal with it, but then we begin to lose the beauty of what God has for you and me. And I'm afraid there's a lot of us that haven't bloomed lately. Because the, the, the beautiful person that you just used to experience of yourself and what Christ has done for you, you had not bloomed in a long time because you've just been overtaken by vines of anger and bitterness and unforgiveness and broken relationships. And the only way that you're going to bloom again is you start cutting this stuff away. You start laying aside the bitterness and the anger and the unforgiveness and begin to restore that, cut all that stuff back, and let God replace that with forgiveness and tenderheartedness. And I can tell you, your life will bloom again. You can be that beautiful person inside and outside that you used to be. Because God wants, he wants you to let your beauty shine. And so today as I close, I know this has been tough. But you know, we all have hurts, hangups, and habits. We've all been hurt. We've all hurt other people. And again, a lot of us are like that old proverbial cat. We just, we keep our distance anymore. But folks, it's time that we get and we start trimming this stuff out of our life. We're to pursue peace. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are the merciful, so they shall be shown mercy. And you need to do something. And so in just a moment, I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask our praise team to come up as I begin to pray. If the Holy Spirit is speaking to your life, you need, I, I, what I challenge you to do something today, don't wait until you walk out of here, you'll forget about it. Maybe there's someone today, you need to offer forgiveness, and you need to maybe just come to the altar and begin to just pray. God, I, 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 need, I need to release some of this anger and bitterness and resentment. And, and, and you need to maybe ask God for forgiveness for your own self for holding this stuff. Or maybe today God has put someone on your heart that you've harmed, and, and you want to begin to pray and say, God, help me to have the wisdom to go back to that person to make things right. Folks, I can promise you if you begin to do that, some of your lives are going to be able to bloom in ways you've never seen. Don't, don't let your life get covered up with all this stuff. Maybe you're here today, you've never met Jesus. You don't have the assurance of your salvation. Maybe you think, I've done too wrong, yet Christ can forgive me. Let me tell you, Christ takes all of your sin and nails it to the cross. And he wants to offer forgiveness to you. But you have to come to him. Jesus says, no man can come to the Father but through me. I ask you to come to Jesus today. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your truth. And I just pray that you'd bless this time, Lord. God, let us act on your word, dear Father. And God, it's, it's not easy when we're, we're talking about repairing relationships, but God, it's, it's mandated. And so, Father, I pray that the healing will begin today. 
The God today, that God that will begin to be serious about this. And Lord, that um, the God that, that you would restore us to, to one another and the people that, that we've had broken relationships with. And God, I just praise you, Lord, set people free today. In the precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. As we stand in just a moment, our team begins to lead us. I just offer to you, if, if the Holy Spirit spoke here, why don't you come and do it? Take the first step. And, and you may just say, God, I, I, I just want, I want things to be right. I'm, I'm tired of carrying the load. The altar's open, my friend. I, I, believe there's, I don't believe there's a person in here. There's not issues that we need to deal with in relationships with others. Let God do what he wants to do in your life. First, I have to offer forgiveness to those who's harmed me, but I need to make amends to those for the harm that I've done to others. I invite you to come as we stand, as we sing. The altar's open, my friend. Do you need to come? Holy Spirit speaking to you, I invite you to come, my friend. Wow, what a blessing. What a joy that God wants to just, God, He wants to do a work in your life. He doesn't want you to live there any longer. You don't have to. experience the forgiveness of Christ, you need someone to talk to you about Jesus Christ, I invite you to come this morning. I invite you to come, my friend. Christ loves you. He loves you right where you are. As we continue to have people at the altar, maybe right where you are right now, why, why don't you just let the Lord just deal with you right where you are? God, um, I know that you want me to be in right relationship with others. 
And God, I just, just begin to pray. And God, show me areas in my life. Show me people in my life that either I, I need to offer them forgiveness or God, I, I need to go make amends to them. And God, give me the strength, the grace. God, it scares me to death to, be, to go back. But ask Him for the grace to do what He's asked you to do. He'll be your strength. He'll be your strength. And Father, I just praise you, Lord. And God, I just rejoice in you. And, and God, I want to thank you for your word. And God, I want to thank you that, Lord, that, that, that the desire that you have for each of us is, is to be in proper relationship with you as well as proper relationship with others. And God, that, that so many times our, our life gets so tangled up and so covered up of, of, of stuff, dear Father, that in relationship with other people. And God, we, we, we just don't bloom anymore. And I just pray that God today that you'd give us the strength to start cutting that stuff back. And God, let us begin to shine for Jesus once again. And Father, I love you, Lord, and I praise you for your word. God, I praise you for this fellowship, Lord. God bless this church. Bless each of us, O oh Lord. In Christ's name, amen. God bless you. I want to ask you to be seated. and.